0: Marcus Paul, almost a public figure. When you Marcus in Paul in the morning, morning. Marcus Paul in the morning. Marcus Paul in the morning. right across Australia on the morning, Radio and TuneIn Radio apps. Side, side, side. The biggest issues. The biggest guess. Marcus Paul in the morning starts now. Okay, good morning and welcome to Tuesday. Nice to have you company. Marcus Paul in the morning, live on starterfm.com.au and of course the iHeart and tune in radio apps if you want to partake in the program. All you need to do is uh, leave your comments on the Facebook page, or if you like, you can send me a message marcus.paul at starterfm.com.au. Pretty busy news day. Um, I'm going to start with the the strange. Well, I think it's strange that people still want to use swastikas. What on earth for? Uh, Something caught my attention today. Uh, Apparently, Josh Frydenberg had uh, one of his electoral posters uh, defaced, uh, graffitied with a swastika. Now, I I just think that's beyond the pale. There is no place for the swastika in modern society. Anyway, just on that... New South Wales is now moving to ban it anyway. Nazi flags and memorabilia featuring swastikas are said to be criminalised in New South Wales. I'll talk about that story for you coming up. Uh, Scott Morrison has backtracked a little after saying he would sign a statutory declaration denying racial vilification claims. So, ScoMo is, well, he appears to have backtracked After he said he would, of course, be willing to sign a stat deck, uh, denying allegations that he racially vilified his competitor in their battle for pre selection. This, of course, goes back to 2007 uh, when his opponent Michael Tout's Lebanese background was allegedly used against him. I'll give you an update on that story as well. Awful story from the Blue Mountains. I'll give you the details on this. A man and a boy both died and two others are in a critical condition after a landslip. Awful story, really. Uh, And uh, look, the survivors and unfortunately the bodies were winched out late yesterday. Uh, What exactly happened here? I'll, I'll go through that just to A really horrific story. Uh, Some of the other headlines, of course, Australia's COVID-19 case numbers uh, are rising, unfortunately. And uh, there's been a revelation. As Australia approaches its two-year pandemic milestone, more and more famous faces have now tested positive. Yeah. Have you had COVID-19? Let me know your experience via an email, marcus.paul at starterfm.com.au. Uh, plenty of other uh, news. Uh, Peter Gutwin has resigned, the very popular Tasmanian Premier. Look, normally I sort of mm, raise an eyebrow when I hear politicians resigning to spend more time with their families. But he does have a a relatively young family, including an 18-year-old daughter and a son as well, and he wants to spend more time with them. Look, he'll go out as a winner, no doubt, he was very popular and did well in the most recent election. So Tasmania will now be searching for a, a new premier. All right, that's all coming up. The latest news, of course, from Air News to keep you updated and some great tunes to keep you company throughout the morning as well. Bite-sized chunks of news here on Marcus Paul in the Morning, it's on the way. Okay, welcome back, Marcus Paul in the Morning. Look, you know, we've had a lot of rain most recently and and that has led to, uh, you know, the earth, if you like, um, saturated and giving away in places, Uh, you know, Macquarie Pass, down on the, uh, the Southern Highlands and many other areas around New South Wales have seen landslips or landslides. And unfortunately, one was lethal yesterday in the Blue Mountains of all places. A boy and a man have died and a major rescue operation uh was undertaken for three others who were bushwalking in the blue mountains as a landslide unfortunately hit awful story okay the incident is understood to have occurred at around 1 30 yesterday afternoon as the group of five walked along Wentworth Falls I've done that walk it's beautiful now early indications late last night were that the landslide either crushed the group as they walked or swept them off their feet and over the edge as the ground fell out from beneath them. Two other people, a woman and a young boy, suffered severe injuries and were winched out by helicopter before being transported to hospital. A fifth person, understood to be a girl, was miraculously unharmed in the landslide and was able to walk away, which is good. Now, New South Wales Police Detective Acting Superintendent John Nelson, who by the way, I went to school with John, and I were very close mates. He's described uh, the ongoing situation there yesterday as extremely dangerous for everyone involved. Uh, Unfortunately, the landslip where they were bushwalking saw a man and a boy pass away. In terms of the site, it remained extremely dangerous and unstable. Two other patients were critical with head and abdominal injuries requiring sedation before they were extracted. Now, as far as the AMBOS were concerned, they say multiple crews, including two rescue helicopters, were used to winch out the injured walkers. And uh, it was just an awful situation. It really is. Heartbreaking for all involved and a truly tragic ending to what uh, I'm sure was meant to be a pleasant day out for all involved. All right, well, the location where the hikers were found is understood to be close to one and a half hours into the actual bushwalk. And uh, unfortunately, I believe it will serve as a reminder for all of us to take extra care. And just remember, with all that recent rain, the danger is still very present. And unfortunately, we saw two people lose their lives yesterday. Marcus Paul in the morning. Okay, welcome back, Marcus Paul, in the morning on Starter FM and, of course, iHeartRadio, tune in and on the Prawncast a little later on in the day. If you would like to send me an email, you can do that. Marcus.Paul at starterfm.com.au. Well, the Prime Minister appears to have backtracked after he said he would, of course, be willing to sign a stat deck denying allegations he racially vilified his competitor in their battle for pre selection. All the way back in 2007, reports of two separate signed statutory declarations from 2016 suggested the Prime Minister used his opponent Michael Tauk's Lebanese background against him to win the right to contest the seat of Cook for the Liberal Party back then, 2007. Now, the details of the stat decks were reported over the weekend, generating a storm of controversy that sent Mr Morrison and his team into damage control. Now, yesterday, Scomo said that he could put the matter to rest after leaders of the Lebanese-Australian community joined his allies over the weekend in publicly rejecting the accusations. Pressed on the matter by reporters in Melbourne, the Prime Minister said the only reason he would be required to sign a stat deck is if a court ordered him to do so. Whereas, of course, only a day earlier, on Sunday, Mr Morrison said, yes, of course when he was asked if he was willing to sign a statutory declaration of his own, rejecting the allegations over his pre-selection. Now, we know that Scott Morrison ultimately won the right to contest the seat of Cook for the Liberals, which he has held since the 2007 election. Now, Mr. Tauk yesterday told the Ten Network that Mr. Morrison was a, quote, liar. Unquote, who certainly had used race in the past on several occasions and didn't deserve to be Prime Minister. Now Mr. Tauke had gone public over the weekend to back up claims he'd made in one of the statutory declarations aired in the media, which he signed in 2016. Now, claims made in those sworn testimonies published in the Saturday paper and also in the Herald over the weekend include that Mr Morrison warned party members back in 2007 that the Liberals could lose Cook because voters would think Mr Tauk was a Muslim. Now, Mr Morrison allegedly said at the time Mr Tauk could not be trusted because of his Lebanese background, according to reported claims. Now, yesterday, ScoMo said he had, quote, dealt with these allegations in the past few days since the dormant controversy over his pre-selection in the safe liberal seat of Cook was revived. He said, I think I've been very clear. I absolutely reject that as malicious slurs. It's outrageous and I've dealt with it time and time again. Yeah, well, the allegations follow an attack on ScoMo's character from outgoing Liberal Senator Conchetta Fiavanti-Wells, who used parliamentary privilege, as we know, to call him an autocrat and a bully who was unfit to be Prime Minister. It was in that same Senate speech that the Senator restoked the 15-year-old controversy over Mr Morrison's pre-selection, raising both the statutory declarations and Mr Tauk's alleged mistreatment. Now, the senator, Fiavanti Wells, had been relegated to an unwinnable spot on the New South Wales Liberal Party Senate ticket after losing her own contested pre-selection battle. Meanwhile, Labor Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk, who appeared in Brisbane alongside Federal Opposition Leader Anthony Albanese yesterday morning, was asked to weigh in on the matter of Mr Morrison's character, asked if she found Scott Morrison to be, quote, a bully, During national cabinet meetings, Ms Palaszczuk responded, I'm not going to discuss national cabinet deliberations. Yeah, I think she was being, uh, well, understandably just a little coy there. Earlier, Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce slammed the allegations as a, quote, political hit on the eve of an election, and he defended Scott Morrison. Of course he would. The Lebanese community have come out and backed the Prime Minister, Mr Joyce told Channel 7 yesterday. If this is the honest view, then they could have litigated this years ago. If you're going to call someone a racist and they're not, you're using racism as a weapon. Well, there we go. Both the Saturday paper and the Sydney Morning Hill reported that Mr. Tauk had been told by the two people who signed the statutory declarations that Mr. Morrison was adamant and explicit that in the wake of the Cronulla riots, a candidate of Lebanese heritage could not hold the seat of Cook. Marcus Paul in the morning. Yeah, Marcus Paul in the morning on this Tuesday. It is the fifth day of April. I received a note today from Chris Minns, Labour leader in New South Wales. And then I followed up on this story. Uh, it was confirmed last night that up to 60 families from the New South Wales Northern Rivers, displaced by the recent floods, will now be forced out of temporary accommodation spots to make way for tourists who booked Easter holidays up there. Yeah, I'm in two minds on this. Uh, look, I know these people do need to go somewhere, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what's your opinion? You know, it sounds heartless, doesn't it? It does, but, you know, these, uh, uh, these temporary accommodation measures were only meant to be quote unquote temporary. And I noticed that the Premier who's back from paternal leave, Dominic Perrottet, was again in Lismore yesterday with the checkbook open, offering another $15 million dollars in support packages. Anyway, residents in the coastal beach town of Evans Head have been making pleas on social media for out-of-towners to cancel any Easter holiday plans to visit the flood-ravaged region. It follows recent reports of flood victims being forced to move out of Byron Bay to make way for holiday tourists. Single mum of three Alicia Dryley has told Nine News her family was left homeless when the floods destroyed their rental property in Korokai on February 28, She said the first flood came through and the water was two metres high inside the house. We lost absolutely everything. Now, this young woman and her three children, aged 9, 10 and 11, slept on the floor of a local church for days. After almost a week, a worker from the Department of Communities and Justice uh, Housing they found the family a holiday rental unit to stay in at Evans Head. Now, the accommodation was being paid for through funding allocated to the housing department. So they were able to stay there until the 31st of March when the real estate agent kicked them out because there were people coming for a holiday. Alright, well, the Department of Communities and Justice Housing then found the family a cabin at Reflections Holiday Park in Evans Head. Two days ago, again, they were quote-unquote evicted. The family were told they needed to move cabins within the caravan park because holidaymakers had booked the cabin. Now this young woman, Miss Dryley, said she was told her family could stay in their current cabin for three more days until April the 7th, so only a couple of more days, but then they would need to leave. Now the single mum said she did not know where they would go next. She said there aren't many rental properties around here, it's heartbreaking. Having to move so many times had been hard on her children after the trauma of losing their home in the floods. The kids are a bit lost and really confused. They don't have, uh, they don't want to move anymore. And in fact, they're sick of moving. I can understand that. Anyway, uh, she also joined locals in hoping holiday makers would reconsider uh, going to places like Evans Head for Easter holidays. She said, it would be nice if they could wait and delay their accommodation booking for another month. So people who are stuck without a house could have somewhere to sleep for the night. Yeah, Look, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, uh, the department can find uh, this woman and her children another property. I'm, uh, look, I'm pretty confident they can. Well, we know that, uh, well, Evans Head, uh, the township and the beach were pulverised by the floods. I mean, to be honest, it probably would be an unpleasant place to holiday at the moment anyway. Um, I, I get how. Uh, Local businesses though, I guess, in those areas probably were planning on an influx this Easter. Hopefully, if the weather stays nice. Anyway, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, but uh, look, the rivers and the beach, they're all brown. It's not clean. It's contaminated. So I guess, why would you want a holiday up at Evans Head anyway, at this point in time? And look, I don't think it's just Evans Head as well. There are other areas around the Northern Rivers where there will be, unfortunately, similar uh, situations where basic accommodation uh, will be sought by holidaymakers and I don't know, they'll probably um, be asked to pay more than what local renters will. So I understand, uh, you know, why people uh, will move uh the temporary accommodation people on but it's a tough call it really is marcus Paul in the morning if you want to have your say on that certainly you can send me an email marcus.paul at starterfm.com.au oh. okay just a, a quickie here well done to new south wales police yeah. uh, i was disgusted when i heard this story yesterday uh, we've got a bloke in custody after a teenage boy was allegedly sexually assaulted a number of times at a Sydney train station. A 15-year-old boy was allegedly assaulted in a toilet on the Country Concourse at Central Station in the CBD at around 3pm on Saturday. Now The teenager told his mother, who then contacted police. And can you believe the age of the alleged offender? 75 years of age. Uh, now, if you're wondering, you know, why perhaps, uh, you know, couldn't a, a teenager overpower a 75 year old man? Well, um, the alleged victim apparently suffers uh, from some sort of. Uh, Uh, impairment. Anyway, New South Wales police say they were able to pinpoint the man allegedly responsible on CCTV walking along one of the platforms and in the station. Um, Now, I I did see that vision when it came through over the weekend and very quickly the public were able to alert uh, police to a unit in Mortdale, which is near Hurstville in Sydney South, where this occupant, 75-year-old Bryce Granger, was arrested and led down his driveway in handcuffs. Now, Investigators also seized clothing and electronic devices as his shocked neighbors watched on. This bloke, this 75-year-old, is a pensioner. He was taken to Cogra Police Station and charged with sexual assault offenses. Thank goodness he was refused bail, but he didn't appear in courts yesterday, and he remains in custody at this time. And we'll watch that with great interest. Awful story. Marcus Fall in the Morning. Yeah, Marcus Fall in the Morning live on starterfm.com.au and, of course, the iHeart and tune in radio apps and on Prawncast as well on your favourite. Podcasting platform. How do you pronounce uh, the, well, soon to be former Tasmanian Premier surname? Do you call him Peter Gutwin or Peter Gutwin? <laughs> I've heard it said so many different uh, ways in the last 24 hours as he made news yesterday for his announcement that he would quit politics to spend more time with his family after 20 years in the state's parliament. Now, the 57 year old Mr. Gutwin. announced his sudden resignation as the 46th Tasmanian Premier and Bass MP yesterday afternoon. Now, the Liberal MP thanked his wife and his children, his staff, his cabinet and parliamentary team for their support during his two years as Premier. I sincerely want to thank all Tasmanians, he said at a snap press conference in Launceston. I come from a humble background and nothing has given me more pleasure than being able to support the community, especially those who, like me, come from less privileged backgrounds. Now, Prime Minister Scott Morrison thanks Mr Goodwin for his achievements while in office. As Premier since 2020, he led Tasmania through a once in a century pandemic. And Scott Morrison said, Peter did not put a foot wrong. He leaves politics with a world best response to COVID and a Tasmanian economy thriving with jobs at a record high, according to the PM. Now, Mr. Goodwin thanked the people of the Bass electorate in northeastern Tasmania, who have elected him as their parliamentary representative since 2002. He said yesterday, It's been an honour and a privilege to serve as Tasmania's 46th Premier. However, the time is now right to move on and attend to other things in my life. What I found after the last two years especially, is I have nothing left in the tank to give. Unless you can give 110% to the role of Premier, you should not be doing this job and I can no longer give 110%. All right, well, Mr. Goodwin has been Premier since January, 2020, when the Liberal Party chose him to succeed Will Hodgman after Mr. Hodgman quit politics. He said he would remain in the top job until the party elected his replacement later this week. A recount will be held in Bass for his replacement in the state's his replacement rather in the state's House of Assembly. Now he was credited by Scott Morrison with reviving Tasmania's economy since becoming Treasurer back in 2014. Scott Morrison said yesterday as Prime Minister and beforehand. As Treasurer, I've always respected the way Peter has demonstrated strength and compassion in his leadership, delivering jobs and lifting communities. He is a great Tasmanian leader. However, public life demands a great deal from all of us. Peter has come to the realisation that he has given it his all. Not only a public figure, Peter is a husband and a father as well and he knows where he has to be. Now, Mr. Goodwin said throughout the pandemic, his main focus was getting Tasmanians through it. All right, well, the past two years, he said, had delivered unforeseen challenges as we've navigated through COVID-19 and focused on rebuilding a stronger Tasmania. During this time, I have quite rightly focused on everyone else's family. I now want to spend some time focusing on my own. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that after 20 years. Parliament would be prorogued until after Easter, according to the outgoing Premier. Marcus Paul in the morning. Tuesday morning. Nice to have you company, Marcus Paul in the morning. Alright, well, if you're a gamer and an esports fan you'll be thrilled with this next story. In fact, uh, a lot of people are already talking about this, and I heard it yesterday, a couple of blokes on the building site were discussing it. One of the Southern Hemisphere's largest sports e-sports and video gaming venues is set to open in Sydney next year, with a capacity for more than 1,000 gamers at a time. Sydney's gaming community could be in seventh heaven under the plans to build one of the Southern Hemisphere's largest esports and video gaming hubs. Two stories in Broadway's Central Park Mall will be transformed into an epic gaming facility and game theme pub. It's in a move designed to cater for the booming esports and gaming markets. The $5.6 million development would boast a huge gaming screen and arena with 210 seats, along with streaming pods, console gaming suites, a fantasy-themed tavern, and a sci-fi-inspired bar. Well, it sounds all right. There will also be uh, special VIP areas, private party booths, production studios, arcade machines, and areas to host social gaming competitions. It'll be called, quote, Fortress Sydney, unquote. It would have a capacity for up to 1,054 gamers at a time and also host 12 major functions per year catering for esports competitions such as the League of Leagues and Counter-Strike. Fortress Esports, the applicant behind the plans, said the venue would become the first of its kind here in Sydney. There are no other similar venues within Sydney, and it will provide a variety of entertainment from board games to computer games appealing to the growing gaming culture." Well, absolutely. Uh, You know, my boys have been into it. I know plenty of people that are still enjoying gaming. And it's not just, you know, teens or those in their early 20s either. This is a unique offering for Sydney and it's significantly different from traditional pubs where entertainment is typically live music with a DJ. It uh, apparently will provide a safe and fun place for patrons to bond over food and drinks while enjoying their favourite games. The plans come as gaming continues to soar in popularity with the market now generating more than you're ready for this. $150 billion in global annual revenue. In Australia, the interactive gaming sector was estimated to be worth $3.4 billion in 2020 and is tipped to increase to just shy of $5 billion by 2025. There's also been a boom in the eSports viewership market, with around 4 million of us tuning into last year's League of Legends World Championship Final, exceeding the NRL Grand Final by around a half a million viewers. There we go. Anyway, what do you make of it all? Are you a gamer? Is this something that you would definitely get amongst? Uh, apparently, the venue will trade from 7 a.m. to midnight, Sunday to Thursday, until 2 a.m. on Friday and Saturday. Doors would also open as late as 5 a.m. during the 12 yearly functions and events to accommodate time zones of international esports competitions. Yeah, well, let's hope this comes to fruition. There's already a Fortress Gaming Hub in Melbourne Uh, The Fortress Melbourne was launched back in 2020. So there we go. I think it'll work in Sydney. The proposal is currently under assessment by the City of Sydney and if approved, which I reckon it should be, is expected to open next year, employing, importantly as well, employing people, around 50 people. So what do you make of it? I'd love to get your comments. Marcus.Paul at starterfm.com.au or we can leave your notes there on the Facebook page. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, We've done a couple of stories from Sydney. We've done one, of course, uh, from Tasmania. Uh, Let's turn our attention to WA. uh, One of the big stories out in the West is that police there are searching for a 73-year-old fisherman by the name of Terry Jennings, who's believed to be missing since last Thursday. Now, his vehicle and boat trailer were left at the Narrabup boat ramp car park in Margaret River for a number of days. It's gorgeous, Margaret River, mm. with police being made aware of information just before 8pm on Sunday, so that's when he was first reported missing two authorities. Now, they hold concerns for Mr Jennings' welfare due to the poor boating weather and the amount of time his vehicle and trailer were in the car park. Authorities want to speak to the last person seen talking to Mr Jennings at around a quarter past eight in the morning on Thursday, as they may have information that can assist police. A marine and air search was deployed yesterday morning after the bad weather prevented police from doing so on Sunday night. All right, well, authorities are urging the person seen talking to Mr Jennings and anyone with information to contact Margaret River Police 9757 8600, or of course, Crime Stoppers 1 800 And let's all hope for a positive ending to this, and hopefully, this 73 year old bloke will be found safe and well sooner rather than later. This is Marcus Paul in the morning. Okay, if you would like to send us a note, I'd love to hear from you. Marcus.Paul. At starterfm.com.au, if you would like to sponsor the program or become an uh, an advertiser or sponsor, if you like, on Starter FM, just get in contact with us as well. You can go to our website and hit the contact button, or if you like, if you prefer, send me a uh, an email directly. All right, again, I want to say g'day uh, and thank you uh, to the support we've been receiving from the Alternative Board and I want all business owners to listen to me. It's time to ask yourself a few important questions if you're a business owner. As a business owner, you often start with a vision of what your business will allow you to achieve in your personal life, though the day-to-day realities of running your business takes over and you sometimes lose track of how your working life should be aligned with achieving your personal vision of success. So you need to ask yourself a number of questions. Are you ready to take your business to an entirely new level? Who's in control, you or your business? How are you at balancing your business and personal lives? Do you need help seeing the opportunities that are available to you? Do you feel like you're fighting fires all alone? And where do you turn to for the truth about your business? Now, to help answer these and many other important questions, you need the expert advice available from the team at the Alternative Board. And I will speak to Greg from the Alternative Board at some point this week. Now, they help forward thinking business owners increase profitability and improve their lives by leveraging local business advisory boards private business coaching, and proprietary strategic services, so you really must speak to them today. What are you waiting for? Call Greg Durand and the team at the Alternative Board to learn more about their invitation-only membership model and how it may be able to help you with your business. Connect today. Do it now. It's your business, so why wait? The Alternative Board is exactly what your business needs now. Call Greg Durand for all the details on 0400 858 190. Alright, you got that number? 0400 858 190. The Alternative Board, helping your business be all it can be. All right, well, thank you for your company today. If you would like to uh, make contact with us, uh, comment on any of the stories we've brought up on the program, you can simply send me an email, marcus.paul at starterfm.com.au. Listen to the podcast. It'll drop a little later today as well. And uh, perhaps, if you don't mind, share it. Share it on your social media. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Check us out on TikTok as well at in the Morning one uh, Not that there's too much excitement on there. Well, there is, sort of, if you're into your, your politics and all that. Uh, just before I go, a story that I, I, I wanted to touch on briefly. Um, uh, one of my mates, uh, unfortunately, came down with COVID. Uh, I thought I actually had it last week, but no, I just had the flu. Um, uh, anyway, I, I had a test that came up positive, and then I took a couple of others and had the PCR and it was all negative, so I think I just had to… Uh, the, anyway, uh, who famous in Australia has had it? Well, some of the big Whig politicians certainly have. Australia's biggest-rating celebrities and most powerful politicians have proved they do not have superhuman powers when it comes to the pandemic, with a growing list of famous faces now succumbing to COVID-19. Uh, in Parliament and Public Service, of course, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison. He tested positive for COVID-19 on March the 2nd after experiencing flu-like symptoms. Uh, but he did continue to work from the lodge while in isolation. New South Wales opposition leader Chris Minns tested positive around the same time as the PM. He shared his positive rapid antigen test to his Twitter account after being a close contact to his eldest son, who also contracted it. Clive Palmer, yeah, well, he got it in February of this year. The eccentric billionaire and United Australia party founder was taken to hospital suffering from double pneumonia and the Delta strain of COVID. Despite admitting that medical staff wanted to put him into intensive care after he tested positive, Mr Palmer maintains he has no regrets about not getting vaccinated. David Littleproud also had a bout of it. Margaret Beazley, the New South Wales Governor-General, and her husband both tested positive for COVID-19 as well. Malcolm Turnbull, former Prime Minister. The Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. He announced his COVID-19 positive status on Twitter back on January the 7th. Barnaby Joyce, Adam Marshall, the former New South Wales Agriculture Minister, Peter Dutton. Yeah, in March last year, then Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton copped it. Now in the arts and media, uh, Anthony Colella, the beloved singer tested positive to the Delta variant back in January. The host of the ABC 730 report, She suffered a double whammy of unfortunate events while on holiday in January of this year, becoming infected with COVID-19 after being attacked by a mouse hiding in her bed. Lee Sayles. Who else? Um, Anyone else of note? Uh, Grant Denyer, the 44-year-old television presenter, he copped it. David Koch. Jackie O from the Kyle and Jackie O program. She tested positive for COVID in March of this year. She announced her diagnosis while presenting her program. She caught the virus from her 11-year-old daughter, Kitty. Carl Stefanovic, uh, apparently he's had it as well. And and from the sporting world, let's have a look at Graham Arnold, Socceroos coach. Marcus Harris, Australian cricketer, Andrew Johns, Glenn McGrath, Bernard tomick they've all had it. Have you? I've so far missed it, thank goodness. Anyway, that's it for me today. Have a wonderful day. Look after each other. Um, I think we're going to escape the rain at least until tomorrow. Yeah, uh, that's the word, particularly around the east coast of New South Wales. All right, Marcus Paul in the morning. Prawncast is up a little later. We'll catch up again tomorrow between 7 and 9, live on Starter FM. And, of course, your favourite uh, you know, streaming platform, be it iHeartRadio or TuneIn. And, of course, on podcast later with the Prawncast. Bye for now.